Ladies and gentlemen, yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's another episode of the Brother and Sister Podcast. I am your host, Pug Flavor, and my co-host is... Tressa Michener. Tressa Michener. We got a very, very special guest in the house today, y'all. This man have been in them streets getting them things right for the community. He's been working timeless and just going hard to make the community a better place, y'all. I like to introduce to y'all Mr. Terry Ruffin. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? What's up, my It's boy? a pleasure to be here. Yes, yes sir. I feel all hyped up today. <laughs> yes. We have, we're glad to have you, Terry. Uh-huh. Yes, thank you, yes. thank you. I'm well-rested, focused, and... It's ready to do what I do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What God compelled me to do. That's right. Yes, so we're going to mm-hmm. jump right into it, man. So just kind of give us a little brief introduction and the things you do and just all the wonderful things you do. Just kind of give us a little spiel there. Just... Okay, okay. Um, well, my name is Terry Ruffin. He already introduced that, but I'm just a man that's compelled to be a blessing to my community and the reason. So um I faced a lot of damage and consequences from my own self-inflicted um, thought life, um, a past lifestyle that led me in some deep and dark places. And, um, you know, a lot of things was revealed to me um, then, or actually a lot of things now are being revealed to me right. of things that was going on back then. Right. Yes. And I see that's how God works. Um through experience, you know, you, you can't even have a testimony without experience. So right. I try to, I fight back by giving back my experiences. That's right. That's great. Awesome. So Terry, tell us a bit, about, a little bit about those experiences that you went through far as what you're giving back to the community. Okay. Um, well, actually my, my thought life and, and, and the lifestyle, the past lifestyle that I lived, I thought that um, in a sense, you know, like many, so many others, right. I thought that I was doing the right things, you right, know, right. until, you know, uh, you don't know you're doing wrong until, you, you know, right. you, it's revealed that you are doing right. wrong. When you're you know, young, you're just making yeah. those decisions. You're making like, those decisions. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, Paul even said it. He said, you know, have I not known, you yeah. know, what right. sin was, you know, right. I wouldn't have died. Right. You know right. what I mean? But once time sealed, what time sealed, I mean, sin was revealed to me. Then I was slayed. I was, you know, right. I was slain because, right. um, you know, it was revealed of, you know, the things that he was doing wrong. And um, I faced let's, a lot. Well, of- let's talk about it, Terry, because okay. I'm glad you brought that, brought yes. that scripture up uh-huh. because Paul was basically following what he had been taught. What he'd been taught. Yeah. Exactly. And um, the majority, actually a great percentage of the time of the things that we do is things that we are taught. Right. right. Um, a lot of it is learned behavior. Learned behavior. Um, yeah. And I call it in some of the classes um, that I teach, um, the three C's, which is um, one is the condition, one is your cognitions, and then the others are the choices that you make. That's right. So right. it's sort of kind of like your conditions is like how you grew up, your neighborhood, the type of household you came out of, and then your cognitions is how you think from that. Right. That's right. It's dictating your thoughts. And then that's what dictates your choices that you make. That's right. Because right. he would literally go in a house and and, and basically just kill Christians. Mm-hmm. And he really thought and believed mm-hmm. he was doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, our culture, basically today, and it's, it's funny you said that because that's how our culture is. Our yeah. culture is compelled to do what others do yeah. right. until it's revealed that it's actually wrong. Yes. And that's how a lot of... Um, Young men and women end up in prison. Yes. They end up in right. prison 
or in the system the same way. Um, and I call it a mistaken identity because what time they end up doing a, a, a foolish act and then they end up in the prison system. Yeah. Right. Then the true them, the true them that, you know, if their name is Junebug, yeah. at mm -hmm. home his name is, um, they know him as Randy. Right, right. right. You know, on the streets we know him as Junebug. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, yeah. and, and, and people saying, um, well, you know, Randy is out on the streets doing this and doing that. And then the mama saying, not my child, Randy right. ain't doing that. Right. And then right. what we saying, yeah, Junebug is doing, doing that. that. Right. right. So what time Junebug gets incarcerated, he's now just like the prodigal son. That's right. He comes to himself yeah, yeah. and realized I messed up. It's that isolated time that allows the individual to sit back and think. And mm -hmm. then if they're at the point where they are tired, because you get tired of this behavior. And I think this behavior weighs you down so that you get tired. Yes. So that you can make that right decision. And so that right person can emerge. Yes. Right. And, and that's powerful. That's very, right. very powerful because, um, you know, the word of God, basically what it does is it goes into the the deep and dark things of the heart and he shines a light on it. Mm -hmm. right. And that's why I'm I don't never try to count anybody out. That's right. right. Because right. God, he said he takes the foolish things of, of this world, world to confound the, the wise. wise. And yeah. it's, that's the mystery of the gospel. You know, right. we be looking for, um, you know, people that are prestigious and, right. and that are in high places. But he said he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, meaning he take the drunk. Yep. He right. take the addict. Mm -hmm. He take the prostitute. Mm -hmm. He take the, the, the tax collector or anybody else or that may appear to be doing something wrong. Absolutely. And God will take that and turn it into something for his glory. Yeah. Ain't awesome. that the putting on the potter's wheel? On the potter's wheel. And, and then that person actually... He has a story to tell because of what he went through. Yes. Right. You know, how he came out of the darkness into the marvelous light. As, as I always say, his miss turned to his missus. That's right. You That's know right. what I'm saying? Get excited, get excited, get excited. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, something to get excited about. Yeah. And, and, right. and, oh, it's so powerful. And, and it's funny, we're talking about this too because, you know, the word of God is, is just so powerful, but the world would look at you as, yet, as if you would never make a mistake. Or right. as if you don't supposed to make a mistake right. when you're Christian. Right. But they don't know that we just saved by grace. That's right. And that's oh, what salvation grace. is all about. That's so. right. right. And a lot that's of right. a lot of mm -hmm. what we was talking about earlier, a lot of it come from the home raising, the home training. That has mm -hmm. a lot to do with these kids' decision making. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think the parents need to show more love at home, like, cause I know like if anytime you 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 let your kids know that you love them and you know, you kinda just do right by them. I think they come up better versus somebody that don't say I don't love you or somebody just a negative parent. Like I think they got a lot to do with it. You know, uh, okay. what do you think on that? Like with the parents, you know, involved? Yeah. Well, it's a lot of pros and cons with that because, right. um, you know, as for myself, I'm use, mm -hmm. I say, I, yeah. right. me, me, right. Mm -hmm. I, um, I came up in a household where love was there right. and the way I look at it now is I didn't accept it. Because mm. um, I came in a household with my mom, uh, well, with my mother and my stepfather. Mm -hmm. I knew my father. My father had another family. And as a young man or a young kid, child, I knew my dad and I knew he had another family. So that rejection was there. Right. So I you still had that rejection. That's though. right. right. That rejection was there. Yeah. So I, see, I used to see him pass by the house with his family and never even stop. Right. So, and but that's that missing love. That's right. You had it in your home, had it right. in but home. that parent 
that missing parent. That's right. That's, that's right. And, and at that young age, that had to like hurt your feelings really had bad. Too. You and, know what and that's why it's so important because even though my stepfather was in the household, um, I hated him. Right. At an early age because he wasn't my father. Right. And my uh, uh, cliche or slogan was, you ain't my father every time he say something. Yeah. But my father won't even there. But let me t- ask uh-huh. you this. When you got to become a, an adult and uh-huh. look back on that, did you realize what you missed out on? Oh, yeah. Most, most definitely that. Because um, I realized that even though I treated my stepfather like that and we have an awesome relationship today, actually, that's my dad. You know, right. we tight, tight, tight. You, you, you okay. grew up and you yeah, figured it out. Yeah. Like, so, okay, you came yeah. back around. Now I know that you was the one that was bringing <laughs> right. in, uh, uh, putting clothes on our back. Right. You were the one that was giving us transportation. You was the one that was helping, right. you know, out around, you know, putting food on the table. You was doing all these things. Right. But that's just the ideology of a child. When you're right. a child, you're innocent. Right. And right. you don't you don't know these things, you, know, you know, and and it's it's crazy because, you know, that I took that rejection well into my um, my adolescence and my adulthood. Right. And it caused me when I got introduced to to drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. that pain that I felt from being rejected, it left right. and I rebelled. Yeah, but that. Sounds like me. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into the, the drinking or anything because I never mm-hmm. drank, never yeah. did drugs, you know, none of that. Yeah. But I was so rebellious mm-hmm. that it was like, well, what is going on with you? Cause what is going on? I'm just so rebellious, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and that's um that that's facts. And and I actually I rebel so much, and you know, even at the beginning of the um the interview, I said self inflicted. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's how it always, mm-hmm. the, the majority of the time when you look back on it, even when you look back on relationships, mm-hmm. everything, it's self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. Everything no. is self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try to focus more, I mean, like on just choices. Yeah. You know, yeah. because your 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 behavior basically dictates the choices that you make. Right. And each and every day, I mean, I try to make the best choices that are good for but me. That's right. Because right. all of that played a role because... Um, not only with the rejection, I was passive too. Right. Yeah. You know, I was passive towards people that I really shouldn't have been passive to. Right. And the people that loved me that supposedly got the love back. And, and prime example, how we love the streets more than we love our own families. Right. Until we get incarcerated. Right. right. And once you're incarcerated, <laughs> yeah. you see that right. it's only your family that's coming to see you. It's right. only your family that's trying to reach out to your that's lawyer right. trying to find out what's going on. That's right. The friends and everybody that you hung out with, you right. they ain't nowhere friend. to be found. They ain't right. nowhere to be found. And right. these are factors. And, you know, we see that a lot, especially in our community. Um, the young men, they hang with young men and they get this artificial love from each other of showing loyalty yeah. and that right. loyalty causes them damaging consequences and they may end up in prison for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And I call it, um, prolonged adolescence. Yeah. You know, right. when you were, yeah. you know, 25, you know, 26 years with, old. With me studying psychology, mm-hmm. um, uh, I remember studying about, um, uh, nature mm-hmm. versus nurture, mm-hmm. nurture versus nature. Um, and it's basically stating like if that child or that son or that daughter, they don't get that nurturing mm-hmm. when they young to get out of that stage. Yes. Nature takes over. Nature takes right. over. And they stay in that situation. So you end up having a grown little girl. That's right. Or a grown 
little boy. Mm-hmm. So it's a man who never developed into a man mm-hmm. because he's still in that adolescent stage mm-hmm. where he's never nurtured the same as a female or girl. And that's uh, that's facts. And actually, mm-hmm. that's the name of my next book. It's called The Definition of a Prolonged Adolescence. And it's when you're um, 25, 30, and 35 years old, but you're still exhibiting um, behavior as a 15, 16, 17. And we see it all the time all in the, the time. community. Right. We see grown men walking around with their pants hanging off their, yeah. um, their right. butt. Right. We see grown men still hanging at the store asking for change. Mm-hmm. We see grown men that are not working, stand with women that actually, right. um, they are working. They um, they drop the girl off yeah. um, at the job yeah. with her car. <laughs> yeah. She gets off at 9 o'clock. They pick her up at 9.30. And the reason why I know what I'm talking yeah. about because I too was struggling with prolonged adolescence. Right. Right. Yeah, for a long time, I was... Uh, uh, I had a, a grown man physique, yeah. you know, and um, my countenance was yeah. grown, right. but on the inside, the inner child was still yeah. there because I was exhibiting these type of behaviors of not having responsibility or having accountability. Ain't it right. so crazy that until you deal with that child, mm-hmm. you right. can't grow up? Yeah. Right. And that child is constantly screaming out in the inside to be nurtured or to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. So until you deal with that child, you're missing out on the goodness of your family. Mm-hmm. Right. You're missing out on the goodness of your life. That's right. You're just missing missing out on all the good things because that child in the inside has to be dealt with for you to grow up. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's real. That's mm-hmm. real you said that. And a lot of our youth that I deal with, they are sensitive to being insensitive. Yes. Because the love is is not there. And they want to see it. Right. They 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 want to see and and everything that you tell them, they listening. That's right. They are listening. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So, yeah, it's 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 powerful. Um, and that's what why influences are so powerful. Um, I heard a man once say, he said, "You show me your friends, I will show you your future." That's right. Right. I've heard that, and Mm -hmm. it's so so true. So tell the audience that one more time. Yep. You show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. A man told me that, and actually, it came to pass. Um, in my life, because. Um, I was living a lifestyle of just being reckless. I was making so many bad decisions, um, going in and out um, of jail. Looks very, very small stints, but it still add up. And um, I ended up in a situation that um, I was my, I mean, everything that I had going for me just crashed because I was put in a situation that my case had hit federal. Because of being in possession of a firearm. Right. And me not knowing anything about the law, which is right. the majority of, of 99% of our community, we committing crimes, we in the streets doing reckless stuff, mm-hmm. but we don't know nothing, nothing about, about the law. law. We right. don't even know how to defend ourselves for a simple traffic ticket. That's right. You know, and mm-hmm. we got to depend on the next man when you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So now all your wages are gone. Matter of right. fact, not your wages, your family member wages. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and I always tell people, I say, well, when your child go to jail, just know that you go with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because, what, what you mean it's, I go with him? Yeah, you, you care, go with him. If you yeah. care, you going with him. Yeah, you, yeah. What's the reason why I say that? Because it's you that got to um, make sure they got commissary. Mm-hmm. It's you that got to call the lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's you that may have to drive miles and miles and miles to go visit them. Right. It's you that got to stay in contact with everybody involved in that case. Yeah. It's you doing time. Right. Absolutely. And then you're the one that's up at night worrying about them on the inside 
when they're at the card table playing cards. That's right. That's right. <laughs> playing cards. That's right. Or making swoles. Right. Or talking that talk. Right. Not even thinking about you got mom, a praying mom or a praying aunt that's on her knees right at that second. Right. And that's that's the thing that's mm-hmm. so amazing. Yes. Because for all of us to be sitting here healthy, well, yes. and not have went through something way more dramatic, mm-hmm. somebody was praying for us. Somebody right. was praying for us. Right. And, and it could have been your, a generation before this generation, gen- but somebody had a relationship with God. That's right. the power of prayer. Yes. Prayer is like a seed. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. when, when I was going through, that's why I wanted to change my entire life around, mm-hmm. not just for my kids, but for my grandkids. Yes. Right. Because you want them to, you want to cut all the generational curses off so that at least your grandkids mm-hmm. can re can reap the harvest from what you did or that relationship you had with that's, God. That's right. And that, that's powerful too, mm-hmm. because you know, when God gave us life, he gave us life with purpose. Yes. Right. And the word purpose, when you look it up in Greek or either Hebrew, it means the original intent. Everybody here has a reason why they're here. And if you just happen to die and you haven't done anything oh, constructive or productive with your life. Right. And all that they are putting in that casket right. is you. It's, it's just mm. your body mm. with no legacy, no mm. heritage. Then guess what? Right. You lived your whole life in vain. And mm-hmm. this is powerful right here because I see the agony of defeat from people that I grew up with now. And when I'm pulling up, that was in the same lifestyle that I was right. in doing drugs, getting high, um, mm. hanging out, drinking, partying. And now they're weeping the benefits from that. Yeah, and when right. you see people, you be like, he used to be the man yeah. with all the dope back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had all the nice cars and all right. the women. He had everything. Right. Now he's at the store saying, what's up, cuz? Yeah. Boy, you remember that time, man? Right. We was over there oh, they in stuck. 1982. Uh, yeah, they stuck. The they stuck. agony the of defeat. Yeah. And that is the definition of prolonged adolescence. And that's what's going on in our community. And I have to say it, and please forgive me, but a lot of mothers, parents are actually, they loving their children so much that they're actually hurting them. Yes. Yes, I have seen uh-huh. it several times where where the the child doesn't grow up. Don't never grow up. The parent yeah. want to be their friend. Yeah. The parent don't, yeah, <laughs> and in all aspects, even in their relationship. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that you when you're in a relationship, if the mother and the son is real, real close, or vice versa, and mother and daughter, guess what? In reality, you ain't really dating the son, you dating the mother. Right. Because right. your the mother yeah. is basically telling the son mm-hmm. what to do in the relationship mm-hmm. and everything that he does is dictated through his mom. Right. So now when, when the two come together and they cleave together as one, it may be that one small argument that the son calls his mom and talk about, and she would never like the daughter-in-law again, right. Right. but he has moved on and right. forgave because that's his wife. Right. That's the right. mom doesn't move on. That's right. move she on. wants to play mom. Yep. Yep. And we talked about that uh-huh. in, even <laughs> right. in relationships. Even in relationships. Yeah, because it happens with in domestic violence in mm, different yes. situations. You don't get in that yeah. because they back happy-go-lucky and loving each other, Facts. and you still mad at them. You still <laughs> mad. So, and that's mad. So that's right. you let them maintain their mm-hmm. business in that relationship. That's it. That's it. <laughs> And, you know, um, even, you know, to get back to um, my incarceration, um, like I said, I ended up in a, in a situation. Um, 
in possession of a, a firearm. They found it in the car and the state threw the case out. Mm -hmm. The feds picked my case up a year later wow. because of a, 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 a past conviction that I had. And I didn't know anything about, um, no type of law. I didn't know what a 922 G was. I didn't know what right, a 924 right. E was. I didn't right. know none of that. But they said, "Who would like, like they, exactly. they make it like that for a reason?" Yeah. So when they picked me up, I went before the judge. He said, "Son, you got some serious charges." I said, <laughs> "Serious charges?" I said, "I know firearm by felony is kind of serious, yeah, but right. the way he was talking, like serious, serious." He said, "Where your guidelines are, you have a 922 G, which is being in possession of a firearm. <laughs> it was never on me. It was wow. just in the car." Wow. But they have what you call, let me get the first one. They call, they call this, no, this the, the third one, my apologies. They call this constructive possession. Oh, man. I talk about it in my book, The Definition of Street Ignorance. What you know, what you're thinking on, what you don't know about the streets. And it's so important because when I went to federal prison, it changed my life. Like, I right. literally, it. I met people that ain't never, never getting out and people that are in there and don't even know why they're in there. Yeah. Right. And the system, uh, let, let's talk about yeah. that for a little bit. Okay. We might have to make two parts. Cause this is <laughs> okay, okay. Right. Mm -hmm. the system is really designed for you not to understand. Exactly. It's designed to, to hold you in a situation. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's like a puppeteering type mm -hmm. thing. It is. It you is. Know? But you know, knowledge, knowledge is power. Yes. And the word knowledge of God tells us, he said that my people perish. Because from having a lack of knowledge. He says, my people perish. What's the mm -hmm. word mean? Like, my people are put in bad positions because they don't understand what's going on around mm -hmm. them. And you know what? The, the epitome of being a fool is being out here committing crimes and you don't even know that you're looking at a life sentence right. when it's all over with. Yes. So and this is what happened. You know, they told me that I was facing zero to 10 years, but I had an enhancement. The enhancement was a 924E. Mm. And the enhancement was uh, considered to be an ACCA, which has been alive in our community since 1984 called the On Career Criminal Act. And it's just from you having a, a, a few priors mm -hmm. along with a, with a firearm and you can get 15 years to life. So that's wow. what I was facing, yeah. zero to 10 and 15 years to life. And it was a law that came out actually right in the process of when I caught the case called the Johnson case that allowed me to go back to my regular guidelines mm -hmm. that allowed me to only get the, the, the time that mm -hmm. I got. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I praise God for that because he showed up. Right. And when that happened, the paralegal told my lawyer, said, he's a lucky son yeah, of a... Right, right. He right. lucky. Yeah, yeah. Because when I went on, they called the yard, mm -hmm. the feds, I met so many young men that was actually going back because it was going to reactivate. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they was going uh, reactual of everything that they've been sentenced on because some of them guys been sitting in there 10, 15 years under that same law. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, that's crazy. Let me get the third one. Um, that's what I really need right there. Okay, right here. The third. Let me this, see the, this one. Yeah, that one right there. All right. Now, listen, listen, this is right here. This is powerful. Now, that's these are crazy. laws that govern our communities. And turn it around. And, and turn it around. Mm -hmm. It's called the Definition of On Career, Career Act. The Armed Career Criminal Act of 1984, they call it ACCA, is a federal law that provides sentence enhancements for felons who commit crimes with firearms if convicted of certain crimes three or more times. This law imposes special mandatory prison terms of 15 years on a felon who unlawfully possessed firearms and has had three or more previous convictions. Mm, you see what I'm saying? Yes. So look, I'm saying, hold on. I wasn't in possession of a firearm. It's called constructive possession. Mm. Constructive mm. is 
and listen to this right here. So if you've ever up. been convicted <laughs> of a crime, I don't care if it was writing a bad check. Mm. Listen to what I'm saying. A felony abolishes your right to possess a firearm. It abolishes your Second Amendment, which is you are, you know, you everybody can um, be armed or right. possess right. firearms. Right. Right. Long as you have not been uh, convicted of a felony. Mm-hmm. If you have been convicted of a felony, it abolishes that. Mm-hmm. Meaning that now you can't even be around it. So mm. if you have a firearm and you are just say my girlfriend, right. and you have a registered gun, mm-hmm. you put it in your glove compartment. Oh, no. The glove compartment <laughs> is not locked. <laughs> Listen now. Right. The glove compartment yeah. is not locked. Yes. I'm sitting on the passenger side, mm-hmm. right? right? We get pulled over. They check that glove mm-hmm. compartment and see that that gun is there. They find out that I have a felony mm-hmm. on my criminal history. They can charge me with firearm by felony. Why? Because... The law says that it's an element or a risk that any time that I make my mind up, mm-hmm. I can open that that um um that glove compartment up and mm. reach it. Crazy how it's set mm. up like it's that. It's called construction. Yeah. So meaning that it could be in your closet. It could be in the doghouse while you're sitting on the porch. <laughs> That's mm. crazy, right? Yeah. This is real. Yeah. It could wow. be sitting on the table while you at a club and you sitting around it. This is how the feds work. What you know, what you think you know, and what you don't know about the streets. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, especially, and I'm going to be straight up in the black community, mm-hmm. we don't even know anything about the Bill of Rights. And yeah. the Bill of Rights basically tell you your laws, what you can do and what mm-hmm. you cannot do. They tell you how you are protected up under the Constitution. Right. But we don't have no, no information. No information. Mm-hmm. And that's what we fall short. And that's what compelled me to write um, the definition of street ignorance, what you know, what you think you know, and what you don't know about so, the streets. So this is your book. So. Uh-huh. Tell everybody about the book. Okay. Um, Very, very powerful book. I got um, a lot of chapters that basically related to my life. But um, I go in and I talk about um, the game of ignorance, the definition of street ignorance. Um, For one, I'm going to just pick one. Mm -hmm. Definitions, which is common words used in our community. um, That's going to be in this book. And that's the definition of street ignorance. Mm -hmm. The streets. The platform that allowed a street player to generate fast illegal dollars as well as display ignorance of their follies. Street ignorance, when you don't have a clue about the consequences of street life. Mm -hmm. Street players, one who engages in the actions and philosophies of street life by reason of fame, glory, and financial gain. Felon, a branded street player or one who makes his way up through repeated ignorance of catching cases and qualifies quickly for a life sentence. Mm. Qualifies quickly. That's right. The feds, the street player's opponent or enemy, very crafty, subtle, and moves in silence. No more is about you than you do. Their mission (laughs) is to get you off the streets for life if they can. Mm. Addictions, the use or act of something that eventually causes the street player damaging consequences. So So I really go in Mm -hmm. on the dynamics of everything that's in the streets and to let people know that everything that you are going through out there in the streets, it's a myth. It's a lie. It's It's an illusion. It's an illusion because at the end of the day, you're going to be by yourself. Mm -hmm. You're going to be by yourself. Mm -hmm. And I even got a copy of um, the Bill of Rights inside here because you got to know, you got to know law. If you're into something like that, which God forbid, yeah. but most important to know that basically you're being duped by your own behavior. <laughs> and I started it out 
Um, my passage that I used when I started my book out was in the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's powerful. But it says, in Ecclesiastes 7, 17, he says, Be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why should you die before your time? This is the word of God. Right. He's saying, be not foolish how you move around. Mm-hmm. Don't be making these funny moves. Mm-hmm. Why should you die before your time? Right. And in the black community, what we say is, uh, it was his time to go. No, it wasn't his time to go. He knew Mr. Charlie had a firearm when he went through his window. That bad choice. <laughs> that bad choice. That bad choice. He knew that light was red. Yeah. Right. He kept running the light. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and I call it the... You know, in our community, the way we act and how we move, it's just so unconscious because we just quick to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And we just basically, we deal with conflict, but we never want to deal with resolution. Right. We know nothing about resolution. We always quick to respond with anger. We always quick to respond with violence. And right. we always end up with damaging consequences because you can hit somebody one time and they can be with your fist or your hand and kill them. That's right. And you don't even have mm-hmm. no clue mm-hmm. about what you're about to go to cause, through because you now have a DA and if you never been in any trouble, he gonna make it seem like you the, yeah. the scum of the earth. He gonna yeah. paint that picture. Mm-hmm. He's gonna paint that picture right. on you, and you believe me. Once you go through all that, right. it's rough. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Is yeah. there any laws that like so? If you're a convicted felon, can mm-hmm. you, like, is it can you like overturn and get your gun yeah. permit back? Yeah. Or, or, or well, not, actually, but, now they're in different states. Right. Um. In different states, they can uh, a felon can possess a black powder gun because mm-hmm. it doesn't have a firing propeller. Right, yeah. and I and I talk about it in the, in the definition of street ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, actually, I also talk about the constructive possession and how, if I can get to it, um, let me see, that's felons. But I've, seen, I've also seen people get their rights restored. Yeah, you, so, you can get your rights restored, yeah. but it depends on what type of what type right. of felon that you right. had. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on what type of felon you had. If you like writing checks and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and you was a lot younger, and then ten years later, right. yeah, a lot of people, right. and it costs money. Oh right. yeah, right. Right. Oh, you United States, you <laughs> yeah, can do a everything. lot with some money. <laughs> you can, yeah. do, you can do a lot with some money in the United States. <laughs> yeah, but um. Yeah, let's go right here. How far on possession can retire a felon from the streets due to guideline enhancements and all you need is old priors? Um, has an element or use, attempt use, or threaten use of physical force against a person or other? Or, or you can even have a burglary or arson or extortion. Right. Mm-hmm. These are the type mm-hmm. of... Uh, um, Convictions right. that they can use to basically um, career you Pretty out good. of here. Yeah. Right. Um, and you can have so many misdemeanors that your points, it, it counts as points, mm. and they can career you out. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. what you do today, I, if you 16 or 17 and you mm-hmm. starting to commit crimes yeah. and you still doing it when you 30, mm. When the the feds get you, you have no chance because your points are so high. Yeah, and this is what how I try to uh, I try to teach you know um, the youth out here in our community that um, each and everything that you do Mm -hmm. it adds up. It adds up. Yep, everything, and um, it's very very powerful because it's a lot of young men and they're 25, 26 years years old with 100 years or better yeah. because of their criminal they just conduct. Didn't know. They just didn't know. And their relevant conduct. That's another thing, too. And people will be like, well, 
I could just rob a bank. I heard a brother say, I can mm. rob a bank. Just go pass him a, uh, a, a, a note and get seven years. I said, all right. But guess what? If you go pass them a note and say, give me all the money, they give you the money. Correct. And you run out the door. Old lady, Miss, Miss Smith, is coming in the door. Mm -hmm. And you knock her down and she break her arm. Mm -hmm. In the process... Of you running from robbing the bank. Right. They not even going to look at the money that you took from the bank. Right. They going to look at you knock down Miss Martha and broke her arm and you going to get a life sentence for relevant conduct. Right. It's crazy. You see what I'm saying? This is reality. That's right. This is the definition of street ignorance. What you think you don't, what you think you know, you really don't know because every time somebody get incarcerated, they always on the inside asking questions to the old heads or yeah. somebody that done lived the, the riotous lifestyle, right. uh, um, repeated behavior, and they get an ignorant answer too because had he knew better, he couldn't even be there. Why would you ask somebody that's in jail with you about the law? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's right. How you gonna, how you gonna give right. me some consultation? You right. ain't here right. with me. Right. Oh, you gonna help me out. Right. Right. You can't even help yourself out. That's right. Though. That's the definition of street yeah. ignorance. So I know, um, Terry, you was talking about the street ignorance, which is some very, very good stuff. But I see you got more information here that, um, on this right here on this episode that we can go into yes. with talking about self-awareness, which self-awareness is a major part of understanding who you are right. to get you out of that negative thinking or that negative culture or that yes. type that you was brought up in. Until you um, start becoming more self-aware of your thought life, think about what you're thinking about yes. and understand more of you, it's like you're going to continuously be dominated. That's right. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and we hear it so much in the community that, you know, you know, your greatest enemy is you. Right. But we don't even take our own advice. That's right. right. We definitely you know, don't do that. We're so, uh, we're so quick, like I said, to, to act and respond to what people say mm -hmm. instead of listening mm -hmm. to what they say. Right. Because a lot of time, um, you know, when you think about it, each and every day, some voice is directing us. It's just, what voice are you listening to? Mm -hmm. I wrote right. a piece because, you know, I do poetry too and I try to implement it in my teachings. It's called Voices. I say, voices all around me. I'm hearing voices trying to help or destroy me. Should I listen and take heed or mute the sounds and act naive of these voices? Mom and dad, I'm hearing voices. And each and every day, we don't challenge our, we don't challenge our youth mm -hmm. right. of what they're hearing each and every day. Right. Because if they get in the car and they just got out of school and they're on their phone yeah. and you are just driving, you want something to eat, boy? Yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. What you want? You want some nuggets? <laughs> right. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. uh, you got any homework? Yes, ma'am. Right. Uh, and that's it. Right. That's the only conversation that you don't have with them. Right. Go in there, do your homework, and get ready to um, take your clothes out for school tomorrow. That whole time that you with them, that's the only thing you, you haven't said. And make sure that room clean. Mm. You never ask questions like, how was school today? Mm -hmm. right. Did anything happen that you want to talk about? Get right. to the nitty gritty. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Is anybody bothering you? Right. What did you learn today? As a matter of fact, what are you learning? Do you have homework? What homework? Ask questions. Ask questions. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. Right. Until you get that report card and you say, what? <laughs> right. How you go from A and B to D's and E? Oh, no, I'm going out there now. now. But you know, the whole three months, right. the whole quarter, 
you haven't said anything or even checked anything about right. their grades. Right. And that's why, you know, uh, and even with the, um, the, the Scare Straight program that I assist uh, um, Sheriff Clee Atkinson in um, Edgecombe County, you know, they have me to talk to the parents. That's right. Because it's really the parents that need to be talked to right. about um, not only the behavior, but some of the, the, the pitfalls that they may be um, seeing in their child, but not even understanding what, what what's going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's very, it's very powerful, but I, I think that we, we focus a lot on our youth, but we should focus more on the parenting right. um, for the youth because it's the parents that the youth are around 90% of the time. Right. Yeah. That's right. And like uh-huh. I said, one thing, like if the parents, like I said, they can quick go to the streets and if uh-huh. they ain't feeling that love or whatever, they can quickly go to the streets and maybe get in a gang or something. I know you yeah. do a lot of speaking on a gang culture. So kind of kind of tell us a little bit about that. Like you mm-hmm. like, uh, y'all had a, like a gang conference? Yeah, um, I had the opportunity to um, do a presentation. Um, actually, it was yesterday right. um, at the San Patine, um Annual North Carolina Gang Conference, which was in Salem's um, Burb, North Carolina. And it was very, very powerful. It was I met a lot of people there that are uh, that are in the trenches, right. Uh, right. doing work. Um, names that are unknown that are behind the scenes that are doing work, trying to um, make sure that our youth are, are edified and um, making some good decisions and creating programs that they're having. Because now things have changed. Yeah. A lot right. has changed. You know, you know, back in the day, you know, the boys and girls clubs the, <laughs> right. the best thing for your kid. But now, yeah. you know. You know, it's different programs for different types of kids. Right. You know, um, the Boys and Girls Club may not reach everybody, even though they are a good um, facility. Mm-hmm. You know, right. um, a good organization, mm-hmm. a very powerful organization. Mm-hmm. But we have so many programs out here now, and what we're trying to do is just show the community that, hey, if they can't get in the Boys and Girls Club, try yeah. this over here. As so they right? say, to take yeah. the whole village. You know, to what take the whole village. And that's what... We lack at because there's no communication anymore. You know, um, right. even where I work at, you know, like we've been in the community at OIC for like 50 years, and yeah. it's people in the uh, in the perimeters that I mean, like right around the corner, didn't even know that OIC existed. Right, yeah. and it's been there 50 years. Martin Luther King been, you know, have wow. walked in there oh, in that yeah. space. Wow. you know. So I think um, I think what we do, we televise and we we social media. Because we are social, social media. media. Right. That's where they get the word from. Right. Yeah. We social. social. <laughs> media, <laughs> media is talking, conversation. Yeah. Right. You, mm-hmm. Social media is everywhere. In the beauty salon, in the in the barbershop, at the mall, yes. on the everywhere. phone. That's that's social media. That's where they get the word from. Right. But we televise the wrong things. And, and what we're putting out there, it's not good information. It's just like um, eating a bad apple. Right. You know, you, right. you, you eat it and you, you taste it and it's sour and you spit it out. It's, it's no good. Instead of having something that's going to give you nutrients and that's being wholesome. And, um, yeah. So Terry, you very, very compassionate about your work mm-hmm. and you're a man that loves God. Yes. How do you feel with going outside of the church and doing this work on the outside to make a difference for the kingdom of God? Um, there's a lot of mixed feelings with that, with me, because I, I love God and, and I love my people. I love God's people. Right. And I know in the book of Matthew 28, um, you know, Jesus, he commissioned us to go out. Go out. And, and you know, that was the great commission to yeah. go out and in, in, in so many words, be fishermen of men. That's right. right. Bring others into me. Right. But now um, 
in, in, in so many words, and, and and I'm not down in the church, right. but the church focus has really redirected from really being fishes of men mm-hmm. to being fishes of self. Yeah, right. Um, self elevation. Mm-hmm. Um, putting out information that uh, of, of prosperity. And don't mm-hmm. get me wrong; it's good to live good. Right. God mm-hmm. blesses us to live good. I right. want to live good, right. but that shouldn't be my motive. That should be my right. motive, yeah, right? That right. Be my Nobody's motive. money shouldn't be the motive. Not when it comes right. to God. That's right. When right. and. The biggest thing that I've seen, like now, even in church, people don't even want to share their testimonies. Yeah. They're too embarrassed to share yeah. right. what God has bought and, them from. And that's one of the, yeah. it's good that you brought that up. Yes. It's so many, because God said we overcome by the blood of the lamb by and the, the word of our testimony. Ooh, that's, that's <laughs> what I was saying when I pulled in the driveway. That. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. You, you, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. This is what, and this is why I always share my testimony. Yes. Because I want to help somebody else overcome. That's right. But if I'm always, if I'm just staying still in the building Mm -hmm. of the church and not getting outside of the church and doing the work, how can we be those fishes of men and bring them in? We got to do things Mm. outside to bring these people in, to let them know people can live a good life. Have fun mm-hmm. and still be part of the church, but we also out here with you, recognizing that we've been there. That's right, right. that we've been there, and that we are human. Right, right. and you that wanna, we just saved by the blood of the Lamb. Right, and right. you want to make everybody comfortable as possible, and sometimes you got to make them uncomfortable. Yeah, depending on the situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I'm and that, yeah, and that's the best place to be too. <laughs> right, in a sense. I learned that when I when, when I'm uncomfortable, God is moving. Yeah, Something's exactly. Happening. That's why right. that's why I said it. Why yeah. I said it because sometimes it's happening yeah. because you know, and and you think about it. I said that's the reason why God. Because I asked God one time, man, why I be stay frustrated all the time? <laughs> right. I said, man, I, 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 you know, one minute I'm and then it's the next minute I'm frustrated, and then when it come to me, it's a reason why I have you frustrated. Right. Because I want to show you that the reason why you are frustrated because. I'm making something happen. Right. I'm making you your your body. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's an indication that I am doing something. something. And that's why I'm always doing something. Yeah. And now I say when I get that phone call and oh yeah, okay, okay. I, I always see that I ended up in the right place right. at the right, right. time. Right. Why I was frustrated, why I ended up where I was at, at the right. house or whatever it may be. And I say, glory to God. That's glory right. to God. So we should not be frustrated now. Sometimes right. we can say, well, that's from the enemy. But if you're not reading a study, how you know what the enemy right. is? The word right. of God said, don't be uh, uh, ignorant of the devil's devices. That's right. right. And sometimes, the, oh, this is powerful. <laughs> this is powerful. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Every opportunity, is it really your opportunity? Right. Is it really your opportunity? Man, that's the question. Is you said really? this in the word of God. <laughs> said, test the spirits by the, the spirit. spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's powerful because that's where your power is coming from. Mm-hmm. The word, and mm-hmm. he'll start putting these what you call intuitions, right? And you become a innovator. Things right. start happening, and, and it's just evident that it's only God because we ain't gonna think like that. That's right.